0: Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You got a question for me? Go to clark.com slash ask. You want to be on the air with me, click on that, that little check mark that says you'd like to talk to me directly. Coming up later in today's Clark rage, how about people without your permission gathering your images, and building an electronic profile of you. I'm going to tell you what NBC News has found out. And coming up yet later, this may be the golden era to buy things used. I'll tell you why. I'm going to talk right now about something that the questions I get about it are very difficult. Many times because a family member is stressed when they call me about it and they don't know exactly how to proceed. And the question comes when you have an aging relative or an aging friend who wants independence, wants to stay at home, and they've reached a point where they need some form of medical or device. So in the event that they get in trouble, they can call for help. Well, these are advertised on many of the cable channels all day long, and these companies want to capture you. They want you to get their device, and many times they'll subsidize the cost of the device so that you'll then pay them a relatively large monthly fee for monitoring. Well, the folks at Consumer's Checkbook did a survey recently on how long in the event that you have an emergency that requires the push of a button to get help, how long do you have to wait for someone to respond? And the stunner was that the time difference from one provider to another, in some cases, was quite large, where the wait before anybody even said, hey, what's wrong, can I help? Lasting as long as roughly three and a half minutes. The quickest of all, with an average weight of 23 seconds, was Lively Mobile, which I've talked about before. It's from the people that do the jitterbug phones also that are really easy for someone who's aging to be able to use. And in addition to them... There's one called uh, Kelsey Pro on the Go that was 28 seconds. Now remember, with all these, you pay a pretty significant ongoing monthly fee in addition to the cost for the device. But I did want to give you an alternative that has been popular over the years that is one that has no monthly fee at all. You buy the device, and then you have the monitoring done. There are several monitoring devices that your family member can wear, and these people are not trying to make money. They just want people to have the ability to get help. They're not making any money, I should say, from any kind of monthly fee at all. And it's from Assistive Technology Services, You'll see the website doesn't look like a slick website or anything like that. And you can have the two-way pendant communicator with the no monthly fees. And I've talked about this for years as an alternative to the ones with all the monthly subscriptions. The website is ATS. A is in Alpha, T is in Tom, S is in Sam. atscares.com. And you can see how their devices work and how to get one if you want to get one that does have no monthly monitoring fees at all. By the way, they were not rated in the consumer's checkbook survey. So I can't tell you how quick their response was versus the others in the consumer checkbook survey. Bradley is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bradley. How you doing?
1: Good. How are you? I'm a big fan and excited to be able to ask you my question.
0: Well, I'm excited about what you're calling about, and that's that you want to be done with student loan debt.
1: Yeah, my um, and my wife and I recently bought a bought a house. We had to borrow some money from my parents just to get some renovations done, and she has. Uh, about 11,000 left on her student loan and the rate's like 4.625. We have a decent amount of chunk in the bank where we could pay it off and still have enough for through like a three month living expenses and we also give about 15% of our um, uh, money each paycheck into our retirement funds and we've been doing it for about 10 years now.
0: Well, on the face of it, it would make absolute sense to reduce the amount of rainy day money you have and pay off that 11000 in student loan debt. Okay. But I missed something I wanted to make sure I followed. Mm-hmm. So you also owe money to relatives for helping you get into the house and doing the things to it?
1: Yeah. So my, uh, my folks gave us a little bit of money for some renovations, and they haven't even asked about us paying them back but i want to do it just out of good will so and because it's the right thing to do so i was thinking if we pay off the money for the uh uh student debt then i we can start paying off my uh folks
0: that is a perfect plan okay yeah there's there's not even gray there that's really (laughs) a, a perfect scenario because You've made it possible because you and your wife have done a great job building up money in your rainy day account. Mm-hmm. You can take 11 grand out of it and still have a really nice cushion for right. the unexpected. And so, yes, get rid of the student loan debt at 4.625 and be done with it forever.
1: Awesome. Thank you. That's exactly what I thought, but hearing it from you just makes it
0: sound even better. But Bradley, I got one tip for you. Tell me. The proof that those student loans are paid off, you need to put in a safe place, and do you know how long you keep the records? Not at all. For the rest of your life. (laughs) Consider it done. Because I hear too often where people who have paid off student loans years later, even decades later, will start being hassled by or harassed by a student loan collector saying they haven't paid their debts? And if you don't have those records, how are you ever going to prove it? And remember, student loans are unique, that the student loan collector doesn't even have to prove in a court of law that you owe that debt. It's up to you. You're guilty till proven innocent. That's why you always keep proof that you paid off your student loans. Melissa's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Melissa. You're looking for new wheels. Yes,
2: sir. Um, I have never had to have an auto loan before, and so I'm not really sure how to go about doing that and was just wondering if you could kind of guide me. Um, We have excellent credit, um, and we are looking to sell a house pretty soon and hope to have um, enough about ten thousand dollars to put down on the new vehicle um but that would still leave about twenty thousand to twenty five thousand dollars um that we would need to finance
0: wow so we're buying a pretty expensive vehicle here
2: well we need a big a big truck to pull a camper we like to take our kids camping so we need something adequate we have a small truck now and it just it, it's it's kind of scary when you're driving and you're pulling a a heavy camper.
0: So you need one of the the big ones that's got the double wheels on each side in the back and a big a big engine. No, to be-
2: just like the either the twenty five hundred series or the two fifty series. Um, you know, it's just slightly not not a dually.
0: Okay, all right. So when you're looking, so we got. A couple of issues here. How are you going to pay for the truck? And second, how are you going to find the truck you want to buy? And I, I gather, based on what you've told me, you're looking used instead of new.
2: Yes, we're looking at 2017 or better. And um, I took your advice on and looked on Sam's Club and found some really good deals with, you know, low mileage truck, a later year truck.
0: Now, uh, tell me, do you have an account at a credit union yet? Yes. All right. I would like you to go get pre-qualified at the credit union for a okay. used vehicle loan.
2: Okay. Do you know what kind of rates we should expect?
0: So, depending on your credit scores, credit unions. We're well, t- sorry,
2: we're over. We're over
0: eight hundred. Oh, then you could find today a rate somewhere on a on a two-year-old truck you could find rates as low as in the twos certainly in the threes.
2: Oh okay good.
0: Which is much cheaper than you'll find from the car dealer I mean not even close.
2: Oh yeah because I think they were talking to like four four percent.
0: So I would go to the credit union get pre-approved for the truck loan and also the credit union depending on how big a credit union it is they may also have some trucks that they've had to repossess from customers that borrowed money from the credit union for their truck loans.
2: Oh, okay. I'll look into that. It's it's kind of a smaller credit union, I believe.
0: So they may not be sitting there with a big inventory.
2: (laughs) Maybe not. All
0: right. Now, with that truck, wherever you buy it, if you buy it through the Sam's Club program, make sure that uh, as part of the purchase that you have the right to have it inspected by a mechanic. Oh, okay. Because just because you're buying it through Sam's Club and you're a Sam's Club member doesn't mean Sam's Club can vouch for the quality of a vehicle you'd be buying used. And a mechanic doing the inspection for you is the best thing you can do. Not just some somebody you know who likes working on vehicles. I want to real oh yeah full time we have
2: a trusted family mechanic he's he's our local mechanic and
0: top notch great so i want that thing inspected
3: okay super
0: and don't worry about when they start telling you about how it's certified pre-owned and all of that i don't i don't care about those certified pre-owned programs i care about what the mechanic says and the condition of the vehicle
2: okay well then i'll definitely set that up with him
0: all right now i hope I hope you find a great vehicle and a great deal.
2: Thank you so much for your
0: help. Certainly. And Jason's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jason.
1: Hey, Clark. Thanks so
0: much for taking my call. Certainly, Jason.
4: So the question I have for you, Clark, is uh, I'm wondering what is the risk for putting my emergency savings in a money market mutual fund versus an online bank's savings account? Um, I have uh, an investment account for my Roth IRA and my emergency savings are there as well. Uh, so I, I was just wondering, it would be a lot more convenient for me to invest that money from my investment account into a money market mutual fund versus opening a new account sure. at an online bank and putting into a savings account there.
0: Yeah, so a money market mutual fund does not have FDIC insurance. But they okay. are designed to not break the buck, meaning that the, that the the type of investments that the money goes into in a money market mutual fund at a discount broker or a mutual fund company, uh, they are structured and designed to be incredibly safe. Even during the depths of the banking scandals last decade, mm-hmm. only a single money market fund out of all the trillions of dollars in them, only one had trouble not breaking the buck. Hmm, It is an extremely safe place for you to stash your cash. And the odds that there would be a problem are so low and so obscure that if we were able to make it through the banking scandals last decade with virtually no one ever getting hurt, I'd feel perfectly confident having money in a money market mutual fund instead of an online savings account.
1: Okay, that's great. Thank you.
0: Sure. And I'm glad you got money that you got stashed, that you're worrying about where you're going to put it. Today's Clark rages moment is really a creep out kind of thing. There's a big problem in uh, the totalitarian countries like China and Russia that are developing deep data on individuals with artificial intelligence, extreme scanning capability of faces And it is designed so that these dictatorships like Putin's dictatorship or Xi in China are able to have extreme control over their citizens. There's some unbelievable stuff going on right now in China where the Communist Party is using artificial intelligence, facial recognition, and deep data to be able to track individual citizens who are practicing religion, which is generally frowned upon in China. And so the ability with technology now to invade people's privacy is a real concern. And that's why I wanted to mention in today's Clark Rage, NBC News has done an in-depth report about how IBM is developing extreme facial profiles on millions and millions and millions of Americans, and IBM is doing it in secrecy without an easy process for you to be able to see what IBM has on you and how they are using these facial recognition tools. Now, you and I have not signed up for IBM to have these for you, but... They are developing these databases from publicly available sources, and IBM says, well, if you don't want us to have this on you, well, you can delete it, but as NBC found, they're making it very difficult to do so. NBC has developed a procedure that if you want to have your facial images removed from IBM's database, they've got a procedure to do it, and we have that for you at Clark.com. But this kind of thing should not be going on behind our backs. It is truly a Clark rage. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. The whole idea is to empower you with knowledge and info so you can take better control of your financial future. You have a question for me? Go to Clark.com slash ask. You want to go on the air with me? Click that little box that says, yeah, I want to talk to Clark. So our producer, Kim, is a longtime expert at buying everything in her life used. It's just something she's always done. And she had been talking recently about how the, the, the quality of used goods seems to be going way up. Then out of the blue, we had a post on our website from a listener, from Bonnie, who said, hey, I want you to know that the quality of merchandise available is going way up at thrift stores, and Bonnie was talking about the tie-in with this uh, Japanese woman Whose name I forget, who does, uh, who I keep reading about, I've never seen any of her stuff, who uh, talks about how you're supposed to simplify your life. Uh, Kondo is her name? Yeah, Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. And that people have really taken to this, that a lot of people looking to reduce the voltage of their lives are taking to heart her suggestions given in translated Japanese about how to simplify and declutter your life. It takes me back to something that was big in the United States about, well, uh, more than a full generation ago, I guess late 80s, early 90s, that went under the name the simplicity movement. And the simplicity movement was all about de-stressing your life, getting off the hamster wheel Not feeling like you had to have every last consumer good or consumer item. Well, here we're in a new era, more than a generation later, and people are taking this to heart in a whole new way and decluttering. And the idea is serious decluttering. And I recently, not even related to this, it's funny, I recently went through The clothes in my closet and found a lot of things that I hadn't worn in a good while and loaded them up in uh, two black, black plastic trash bags and dropped them off at a Goodwill collection center near our house. And poof, they were gone. The worst part, I am so embarrassed to tell you this, I think I need to go in one of those old Tony the Tiger silhouette things. There were a couple of items that were brand new that had never been worn. Oh my goodness! I said it. I've confessed. I have confessed. And actually, apparently, so many people are into this right now that the quality of merchandise you can find really, really inexpensively at for-profit thrift stores, non-profit thrift stores, charitable organizations are much higher caliber with more selection. I've also heard on the bad side that some charities are being overrun with what they consider, I'll keep this clean, what they consider to be junk that they just have to send to a landfill, that people cleaning out their clutter are taking some of the stuff they have that should go in the trash and instead shifting putting it in the dumpster to a charity, don't do that. Please don't do that. Diane is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Diane. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Clark? Great. Thank you. So, Diane, how does it feel to see hours of sunshine again today?
3: <laughs> it's really nice. Really nice.
0: So share with your fellow listener where you live.
3: I live in a small town just north of Anchorage, Alaska.
0: And what's it called? I want to know if I've been there.
3: It's Palmer.
0: I've been to Palmer.
3: Yeah, where the state fair is.
0: Yeah, I've I've been most anywhere that there's a road in Alaska, which means <laughs> I've been to like 2% of the state.
3: Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, my husband and I moved out here when we were young, and we just love love being in Palmer.
0: That's great. And winter doesn't get you down.
3: You know, it doesn't. We uh, have snow machines. We ride out in the snow all the time and enjoy the northern lights and just really enjoy the cold when it's cold.
0: Yeah, you know, the cold that I enjoy is when the temperature drops (laughs) below 70 degrees.
3: Well, come up in the summer then. Come back to the summer.
0: That's when I've been. (laughs) Well, Diane, how can I be of service to you?
3: you know, my husband and I, um, we built our house in 1993. We built it several years ago. And when we built it, we had to save all the receipts for everything. And I still have all of those receipts. Um, it's a huge file, weighs about 15 pounds. We've paid off the house. Do we still need to keep all those receipts?
0: So it depends. What was the cost in 93 of building the home? Plus, let's add to it, any major improvements you've done to it over the last quarter century?
3: Yeah, really. We probably, our, our original loan was for 80000 And we've probably put another forty into it, um, you know, finishing things and adding some outbuildings.
0: So we're at 120,000. If you were to sell the property, what would it go for now?
3: Probably about 350.
0: Okay. So the way this plays is there's a married couple, 500,000 is exempt from tax.
3: Okay.
0: Um, If, and I hate to even bring this up, but if one of you were to pass away and then later you were to sell it, that exemption at, at a certain point would drop to 250. Okay. So you're right at a range where keeping enough information that you'd be able to establish the original cost basis plus the 40 you've added to it later could uh-huh. end up being useful at the time you sell so that the proceeds are tax or tax free. The gain okay. is tax free. So the fact you paid off your home has nothing to do with the loan. <laughs> It only right. has to do with how much gain you have on the sale of it. Okay. So now that you're in the threes, the 40000 and improvements you've done over the years become very valuable. Right. Because you're already a point that if it was a, a sale by a single individual, you're already outrunning the portion that would be tax-free. Right. So I would say even though you'd like to ditch those records... <laughs> I would keep documentation that gives you your adjusted basis of 120. Okay.
3: Well, it's interesting to look back at all the things we, you know, bought. Uh, it's really fun to look, you know, in back into history. So I will keep those.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry I'm keeping more clutter in your life.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, That's okay. We'll, well, hopefully we won't need it or, you know, hopefully we won't... Uh, have to use it too often
0: and the next time you'll see me in alaska remember it will be when there's a lot of daylight
3: okay well we'll wave as you as you drive by
0: that's a deal adam's with us on the clark howard show hello adam Hi. hi clark how you doing great thank you adam how can i be of service to you well i've got a question so
4: uh i'm 36 years old um and i've got excellent credit uh i i i I was instilled with a uh, good good parenting, so uh, it was really important to me growing up. It still is. Uh, so I had a car loan up until last October. Okay, I I took it out for five years. I got it paid off in four. Uh, did it through a local bank, and um, I continuously monitor my my credit score, and I keep up to date on it, and I'm mindful of it. And <clears throat> excuse me. And so as soon as I paid off my car back in October, uh, I noticed that my credit score took. Uh, literally a 50 point hit it it went from like uh, mid 800s to to just uh, just under 800 um, and I was just wondering why was I penalized for paying off a loan
0: so uh, it could be partially coincidence because a drop of uh, 50 55 points for having paid off that loan sounds like more than would just happen from not having a car loan in your mix I I only have, at this point in my life, I only have what are called net pays, credit cards I pay in full. I have no mortgage. I have no car loan. I've got no other kind of credit at all. And my credit score tends to stay from around 790 to 825, right in that range. And so as long as you're above 760, you're great. And well, if,
4: like what's the what's the exceptional? Is it seven ninety and above? Or no, seven
0: sixty or above. You can get oh, really? anything okay. you want. It, above seven sixty is just bragging rights. Is it? Okay. For just about anything you'd ever want to do, you're in absolute rock solid territory. So and it today to eight fifty, correct? Sorry?
4: It goes up to eight fifty, correct. Yeah,
0: eight fifty, and there are people that work so hard to have a perfect eight fifty credit score. And if they want to do that that's great but it it doesn't specifically do anything for them once you get as high as 800 you yeah, know there's really no big advantage but what credit do you have now that you use See
4: see that's the thing see I rent I don't own That's okay. Uh, I have credit cards but I only have two
0: All right. Um, I would and, suggest And I read... go ahead Yeah go ahead because well, I was going to suggest that, that, that you get, uh, you know, and I've just really done some mm-hmm. talking about this and digging and reading that I think if you want to make sure that you stay in really great circumstance with your score, that you look over time of going from two credit cards to four.
4: That's what I heard. That that the better. See, what happened was I went from uh, in the creditor's eyes balancing more than one to just balancing one, and in their eyes, that means that I'm not as good of a a juggler, so to speak, of my credit, you know, that uh, you could juggle two forms of credit, now you can only juggle one, so it it doesn't look as bad. Is that true? Is there any truth to that?
0: Well, it's that the math formulas that are used like having different types of credit to score you on. And now you're kind of linear. You just, like I do, just have credit cards. But I would like you to have um, maybe get a third credit card now and maybe a year from now get a fourth credit card Mm -hmm. and make sure they're from different issuers than who you already have your cards from. I don't mean that if you have Visa, you have to get a MasterCard. I mean, whatever you get, that it's from a different financial institution than who you have now.
4: Gotcha. Okay. Okay.
0: And you want to use, if you want to get your score and keep it above 800, you want to use less than 10% of your available credit in a month.
4: Okay. In a month. Okay.
0: Yeah. So let's say the bill that comes to you, even if you pay it in full, if your credit line's $1,000, that you're charging less than 100 on it. Gotcha. Okay. And that's only if you're trying to stay in that rarefied air. And you're good where you are. You're in great shape.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always enjoyed. I can't remember the last time I dipped below this the exceptional the 760. So, uh I'm good. I'm just it was just crazy for me to just be penalized like that. 50 points. I thought, you know, did I get um Yeah, I, I think, think I, there's yeah. got to
0: be something else. Like maybe uh are you do you have a credit Sesame or credit Karma?
4: I do not. No, I had Lifelock there for a while, but
0: Yeah, I want Uh, you to set up, if you would, set up um, with maybe Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, or both. And then you're able to see what are the factors that are raising or lowering your score. Mm -hmm. And they update it weekly, and it's free to use either one of them or both of them. And that way you're able to monitor what's going on and see, take your temperature, see what you might need to do. If you do need to push your score up a little or if it's gone down some and you can't figure out why, you'll have the why.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com slash ask. And then producer Joel... Can ask your question for you? All right, Clark, let's do it. Leslie wrote in. She said, on a recent podcast, Clark, you mentioned near net zero energy homes and that the cost to build was only 1% more than traditional construction. I Googled to find information on net near net zero buildings, but couldn't find relevant information. All the information was about specifically net zero. And I wasn't sure uh, if building costs were in line with current traditional building costs. Can you recommend some reading or videos so that I can investigate to share with a potential builder? Okay, so what I would do is around the country, and as best I know, every major metro area in the country, there is a nonprofit organization that works with builders that teaches builders how to build near net zero and techniques involved. I I remember for a television doing a story on one of these Uh, nonprofit energy conservation groups, and we filmed a group of builders that were in uh, classroom settings where they were learning at different phases of construction, well, when you're framing, do this, 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 and this, and each part of the process just knowing what things a builder can do that makes a home much more efficient. There's certain differences involved in making a home efficient based on the type of construction most often done in a metro area and the climate of an area. So that's why, as best I know, there's not like one national standard of do these eight things and you're going to make a home near net zero. There does have to be factoring in local methods and local conditions. The Department of Energy has a guide on its website where you, if you go to energy.gov, you can find the Zero Energy Ready Home Partner Locator, where around the country you can find builders or partners that will work with builders to talk them through how to build efficient homes where you live. Jared wrote, and he says, Clark, I've got a one-year-old daughter. I live in Florida, which is not a great state for 529 plans. So if I invest in one of the dean's list states, but my daughter decides to go to school in another state, can we still use that state's 529 plan to pay for a college? Yes. You can put your money pretty much in any 529 plan anywhere in the country and use the money for any uh, educational institution for a legit education expense anywhere in America. And if you just had to pick one, pick any of my dean's list with high honor states, whichever one uh, you're excited by, and just put your money in their plan. And I even tell you which investments in each state plan to put your money into on my 529 plan guide at Clark.com. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show.